services are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, the regular guy in a not-so-regular world, that is for sure. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope uh, your family, you, and your, your friends are, are are all, you know, biding by the guidelines and staying healthy. I mean, it, it's hard to break old habits, but uh, even today I had to go shopping as uh, my other two family members are out of commission. Um, uh, and... Uh, my brother-in-law, don't ask me where he got them. He sent me one of those really cool masks and some nice surgical gloves. So uh, I'm just, uh, A, making sure I don't get anything, and B, that I don't give it to anybody else. Though, luckily, knock on wood, uh, no signs at this point in time. So anyhow, I hope everybody out there is is, is doing okay. Um, you know, and of course, in this... Uh, when I find myself in times of trouble, ADW comes to me. So I'm sure a lot of people have been playing in their advanced deposit wagering format, whichever one they use. Uh, the tracks are dwindling. They're getting fewer and fewer that we can select from. But, uh, hey, you know. Life gives you lemons, play with lemonade or make some lemonade. Uh, but you, there's still a few outlets to, to play the ponies. Uh, it appears Oaklawn Park is still up and running. So the, there'll, there'll be some solid racing there. And uh, my brother from Tampa says uh, they're just stuffing the entry box down there. So, uh, you know, stay tuned to racing. It gives you something to keep your mind off everything that's going on right now. And if you're playing some tracks you're not familiar with, we are here at Winning Ponies. Come on over, check out the easy win forms. How about this? April Fools, if you were playing Tampa Bay, a $1 Super 5 yesterday paid 4149 That will get you through some troubled times. Uh, Gulfstream is uh rolling and uh let's see it's about oh four days ago we had a one dollar super high five that paid over 1200 and another one the next day on the 26th that paid over 1300 so if you're treading into uh, waters that you are not familiar with uh you may want to uh come on over and pull down your easy win forms here on winning ponies okay well here is the scheduled lineup i uh, just heard recently from jack knowlton Boy, there's there's a blast from the past, huh? Uh, remember, he came on the scene uh, back in 2003 with his Sacatoga stable and the small school bus they took to Churchill Downs when Funny Side won the Kentucky Derby and did go on to win the Preakness Stakes um, in the first New York bred that ever won the Kentucky Derby. Anyhow, Jack heading up Sacatoga stable, and he's got his hands full, which... Horse that if they ran the Derby in the first Saturday of May would, without a doubt, at this point in time, I believe, would be the, the, the favorite. And that is Tis the Law, a horse I fell in love with after his first loss in the Kentucky Jockey Club. Uh, he just got boxed up and 
put in a pocket everywhere he went and still ran on. Learned a lot from that race. Got hit with a lot of dirt. It was in the slop. He handled his own on an off track. Uh, finished third, three quarters of a length to Silver Prospector and Finnick the Fierce. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking with Jack Knowlton about his new adventure in the Kentucky Derby whenever it is run and what potential road he might take to get there. And then uh, the trainer has been nationally recognized, but it's been nice to come on the show quite a bit. None other than Kenny McPeak. Uh, hope you had Swiss Skydiver, his trainee, in the Gulfstream Park Oaks, grade two, worth $200,000. This horse has just been getting better and better and better. So uh, I want to talk to Kenny about Swiss Skydiver, another one that he bought for, you know, what to you and me wouldn't be modest, but in the racing world's a modest price, 35000 And uh, now he's got a graded stakes winning filly on his hands. But the main thing I want to talk to Kenny about is how he's doing uh, operating his farm and his horses on the track with the, the COVID-19 pandemic going on. That's got to be quite the job. Uh, again, it's an outdoor sport. It's a fresh air. There's no reason for people to be more than six feet on top of one another. Uh, so uh, I just want to see how Kenny is dealing with it. So uh, I hope that he joins us. Um, now let's go through. I feel like this is kind of like uh, in the winter up north when they had the school closings because of snow. <laughs> and uh, uh, <clears throat> let, 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 let's go with it. Well, sad to say, man, we lost some unbelievable races this week. Think about what would have happened at Gulfstream on Saturday. I mean, at uh, Keeneland on Saturday. Five graded stakes races. And then at Aqueduct, you had uh, the Derby Prep, the Bay Shore. Uh, 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 you had the Carter, uh, the Excelsior, the Gazelle. I mean, this is amazing, but, uh, you know, losing, losing the, the bluegrass. And now we find out Santa needed to remain closed. So we lost the Santa Nita Derby racing was halted last Friday and orders of the Los Angeles County health department because they're deemed non-essential in response to the pandemic. Well, I think it's, it's certainly is very essential that the sport continues to thrive. Horses must be trained, must be cared for. The backstretch help needs those jobs. And, uh, you know, but they're, they're looking out for them. You know, the health, safety, and welfare of every person and every horse remains their, their top priority. So we, we do have numerous, uh, you know, tracks uh, around the country uh, that are continuing to operate and they're not running for exactly the same reasons that Santa Anita is trying to communicate to the L.A. County officials because the consequences of closing down the economic engine that fuels the community makes the risks and potential issues significantly worse when racing's closed and only training allowed. I mean, think about it. There's over, over 1,700 horses stabled at Santa Anita. Uh, they require, you know, the daily care. Uh, more than 750 backstretch team members back there, and most of those live on site on the backstretch. So um, we'll, we'll see, because certainly we'd love to see the Santa Anita Derby back on the schedule, as I'm sure Bob Baffert would, uh, and Doug O'Neill and trainers like that that have Derby hopefuls. <laughs> 
So, all right, that's the first school closing, track closing of the day. Uh, now let's go to Golden Gate Fields. Uh, Pursuer to a guidance issued today by the Alameda, Alameda County Public Health Officer uh, shut down temporarily for live racing as a result of the pandemic. So Golden Gate now also closed down. Um, there they have over 1,200 horses stable who require daily care. I mean, you're, you're not just saying we don't, you know, racing's not important to us. It's damn important to a whole lot of people. At Golden Gate, there's at least 400 backstretch workers. Uh, most of them, as Santa Anita, would live on site. And uh, so they're going to continue to work with the authorities to familiarize them with the protocols that have been in place to protect the health safety of those who work with the horses. You know, again, there's no a whole lot of situations where uh, you're within six feet of somebody when you're working at a racetrack. This one just came out, Byron King, two hours ago. Churchill prepared for spectatorless racing possibility. So there was a video conference today uh, with uh, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission and uh, Churchill Downs President Kevin Flannery said the track would consider conducting a spectatorless racing this spring if the uh, regulations are eased in Kentucky. So uh, they were scheduled to start uh, April 25th. Uh, they do expect a delayed opening, but they would like to have it just without the fans and just uh, the horsemen that have been playing it safe. As you know, uh, Churchill Downs own property Turfway uh, shuttered their doors uh, about a week before the meet was going to be open. And uh, so, again, it's we don't know. It's, it's a fluid situation. And, of course, the biggest blows are some of the races I just named, the entire spring meet at Keeneland being canceled. Uh, so, but now they're going to try to get the races in. There just won't be anybody there to watch it. Two people I know that wouldn't be there anyhow are trainers Jorge Navarro and Jason Service. They were in court today and they both pled not guilty to their federal charges of involvement in uh, misbranding conspiracy, meaning they were switching medication out. Uh, there's 19 of them. Navarro and Service are just two among the 19. Uh, who, who face the, uh, the, the 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 different charges, and they're they're the biggest names that we know. It'll be really interesting. But if you read some of the articles out there, the federal prosecutor has so much with wiretaps and all the information they have. Some people turn it on one another, and I believe they have all but two of the cell phones of the people uh, that have been indicted. So. Uh, Again, uh, now the, the other thing that it's COVID related is Aqueduct, whose close is going to house a temporary hospital. Uh, they're going to build a thousand bed emergency hospital at Aqueduct uh, to help them accommodate the, uh, the patients and the overflow. So again, racing, pitching in, pitching in to help. All right. Uh, last week, we did get to play the Gulfstream Park. I want to thank our friend Pete Aiello for being on with us. And... Uh, of course, uh, 
Jack Knowlton will tell us about Tis the Law and how he came out of that race. The Florida Derby, 750,000, grade one. So impressive. A great ride by Manny Franco. Uh, second start of the year, already won the Holy Bull at a mile and a 16th. This was a mile and eight. This horse is sitting on go for the Derby. We just don't know when it's going to be run. In the second spot, 80 to one shot, Chivalry. Ralph Nix took the blinkers off, and they paid off to get a second spot in Derby points. And third was Ette Indian, who posted all the early speed, but uh, just uh, kind of got caught by, I think, a better horse, tis the law. Uh, that was the Florida Derby. And then, hopefully, we'll get to talk to Kenny McPeak about the Florida Oaks because uh, his horse, Swiss Skydiver, kind of the wise guy horse at 9-1, to one, got the job done to pay $20.20. In uh, the second spot was one of the favorites, uh, Lucrezia, uh, who was just coming out of back-to-back uh, -to -back wins and stakes in Tampa. And in the third spot was Lake Avenue, another one of the favorites. And uh, Tonalist Shape who was previously undefeated in her career and four for four at Gulfstream Park, just didn't show up to the races. Then it was the Pan American. Again, they were almost all closers in here. Mike Maker had three, and it was upset time. Everybody thought Zulu Alpha, who was sent away at three to five, would get the job done for Maker, but instead it was his backup horse, Bema's Boy, at nine to one. And a three-horse photo. In the second spot was Zulu Alpha, but quite frankly, because of his post position and the way the race set up, he just had to go wide the whole trip. Wasn't beat by much. And right there in third at 35-1 to one was current. And then uh, the race that we said was probably the, the most open on the card, uh, the Appleton, taken down by six-to-one shot. Social paranoia. Jockey change as Javier Castellano is in quarantine. Florent Jarou got the job done for Todd Pletcher. And the second was Sambaye, and third was March to the Arch. All right, that's a look at the national news, which mostly comprised of track closings. Um, and that's a look at the big races we handicapped on the show last week. Right now, going to take a quick break. We come back. I'm really looking forward uh, to talking to Jack Knowlton and get his feelings on everything that's happening in the world of racing, but most importantly, what is happening in the world of tis the law. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a gentleman I've been excited to talk to all week long. Uh, you know, he uh, really, uh, you know, exploded on the racing scene as a personality back in 2003 with his horse, Funny Side. I mean, this horse couldn't win the Kentucky Derby, right? Uh, he, he was a gelding, and no gelding had won since Klein Van Dusen in 1929, and no New York bred had ever won the Derby. Uh, obviously, uh, Jack Knowlton's a guy that uh, is happy to take up a challenge and willing to do it with his Sacatoba stable, and it looks like they've caught lightning in a bottle again. Uh, you just heard me talking about Tis the Law uh, in, in the Florida Derby, and so with no further ado, Jack Knowlton and welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks for joining us. Good to be on with you and uh, share uh, you know some of my thoughts with your audience. Well, uh, before we get to, to Tis the Law, just re- remind the, the audience what that ride was like with Funny Side, the horse that they said couldn't do it. Well, you mean that ride on the yellow school bus? Yeah, the whole deal. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, well, I got started in, in thoroughbred racing. Uh, came from a little town called Sackets Harbor up on the eastern end of Lake Ontario, 1,300 people. And uh, I had been involved in, in standard bred racing in Saratoga, where I've lived for 35 years, starting uh, back in the 80s and got out in uh, in 94 and was up uh, at Sackets Harbor with some of my old high school friends at a barbecue on Memorial Day weekend and beer and barbecue went together and somebody uh, came up and said, well, why don't we buy a thoroughbred? Because a couple of them had been to Saratoga, gone to the flat track and, you know, at least enjoyed thoroughbred racing a bit. And uh, I said, you know, I know a trainer. I said, you know, let's all put in $5,000 and uh, we'll get a New York bread. And uh, I figured that's the end of the discussion. Well, about a week later, I get a call back from one of the guys, and he said, you know, we decided we want to do it. Uh, one of them uh, was a school teacher, and he didn't even dare tell his wife. Another one <laughs> said, I'd be better off burying that $5,000 in my backyard in a tin can. But lo and behold, they came on board, 
Uh, we bought a $22,000 New York bread and named them Sackett 6 after Sackett's Arbor and uh, got our silks or our school colors and uh, combined Sackett's Arbor and Saratoga and came up with Sackettoga Stable. Eight horses later, with a $75,000 New York bread gelding, we win the Kentucky Derby in the Preakness. Unbelievable. It was such a great story, and I remember it so well. I was there on the finish line, uh, so I, I, I was a part of the scene. It was it was a, a great moment. Now, you, you don't seem to cut down the size of Sacatoba's stable. I was reading the, uh, your beautiful picture and story uh, on the front of the Blood Horse and feature story inside, but it sounds to me again, and I know you had to watch from afar because of the new situation, that uh, you got quite a few people involved in Tis the Law, too. We really do. Uh, you know, after Funnyside uh, kind of faded away and retired after 2007, uh, you know, my, my high school buddies, you know, stuck around for a couple more years. But, you know, having uh, climbed to the top of the mountain, you have nowhere to go but down. So, uh you know, they uh, they decided, uh, you know, they weren't going to stick around. So uh, a good acquaintance of mine in, in Saratoga and I kind of put together the the second iteration of uh, Sacatoga in 2007, so by the name of Ed Mitson. And uh, we've been going at it since then. Uh, we do it an LLC every time we buy a horse, or in some cases it's a couple of horses. And uh, Tis the Law is our 17th syndicate or partnership, however you want to call it. Uh, and we had uh, in this one uh, 32 people who have some interest in Tis the Law. That's fantastic. I mean, you think about all these people saying, hey, pounding their chest with their, their new photo of the curling Florida Derby up on their mantle saying, I got the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. And so you, you as I said, it, you're a great ambassador to the sport, Jack, because what you've done is, and I know some of these people were partners in the past, but I don't know what new ones are in. I mean, these people, they're hooked for life. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, the... The bump in the road we had, and and uh, the only bump in the road really that we've had with with Tiz and when we came to Louisville for the Kentucky Jockey Club, but we brought about well, seventy people down there, and uh, we had just a great time. We, you know, had a had a party the the evening before at the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience, and uh-huh. uh, unfortunately we didn't get to to celebrate uh, Saturday night after the race. But that one we just kind of draw a line through. But we had uh, about 80 people uh, down in Florida for the Holy Bowl and had even more than that uh, all ready to come in and, uh, and watch the Florida Derby. Obviously, those plans had to be scrapped. But we're looking forward uh, somewhere, somehow, sometime, uh, there'll be another race, and uh, we'll be there in, uh, in strength and numbers for sure. Now, Jack, you talk about, you know, catching lightning in a bottle twice uh, over the years. Um, have you, who have you developed a relationship to help select these horses? Because you really caught lightning in a bottle with getting a, a New York bred of constitution who most will tell you is probably the, the hottest young sire out there. Well, you know, that's a, you know, a parallel between funny side and Tesla. When we bought, Funnyside. We paid seventy-five thousand dollars for him as a two-year-old 
in training. We bought him privately uh, in Ocala. And uh, Distorted Humor, he was the first crop of Distorted Humor. Not one Distorted Humor had run by the time we bought him in, in March of uh, 2002. Wow. Same thing here with uh, Tis the Law. Constitution was a new sire, and uh, nobody had, uh, had run. He was in a New York bread sale that Fazek Tipton has every year in August in Saratoga. Barkley Tag and his assistant, Robin Smullen, they're our uh, blood slack agents as well as our trainers. And, uh, you know, Barkley has, uh, you know, an excellent uh, group of veterinarians that uh, are part of the team as need be. And, uh, you know, I go through the catalog with, with Barkley and Robin, and we, you know, kind of pick what we're interested in, what we're not. You know, one of the big things that, that we're always interested in is making sure that there are stakes winners in the dam side. And uh, in this case, we were very fortunate. Uh, Tiz Fizz, who was a dam of uh, Tiz the Law, mm-hmm. won through f- over $300,000, $400,000, but she was a grade two winner on a mile and eighth on the turf. So uh, that checked that box very well. And, you know, we loved the idea of, of a mare coming out of Tiz now because that gives you, you know, every indication that the horse is going to be able to run a distance of ground. And I think Constitution, you know, was a multiple grade one winner going a mile and eight. So we think that, uh, you know, with that cross, we had a horse that, uh, you know, certainly had a chance to to be a good horse and nobody could expect uh, him to be as good as he is. We certainly didn't. Well, he's so striking with that huge white blaze on his face. He's a really handsome individual, Uh, you you know, and now he probably had to be a bit of a a blow to the gut when you when you heard about the derby being moved because let's face it we're talking with jack knowlton of sacatoga stable uh this horse is sitting on go right now but i think kind of a positive that you've got going for you jack is the fact that you and barkley have such a great relationship you realize something's going to work out. Here's a guy that's been there, done that. We don't really know how they're going to shuffle the deck with, you know, the Travers and the Derby and will the Preakness and Belmont be run on their scheduled dates uh, that, that, that the two of you can just kind of not go into panic mode and realize you're going to be in the Derby with the points you just got. So now you can kind of take it easy on the horse. As you stated in your uh, interview in the blood horse, um, that uh, he's shown twice now that he can win off an eight-win layoff. Now, that's, uh, you know, I think something that's that's very important here. None of us really, and I call it a blank slate that we're looking at right now, nobody knows what race is going to be run where and when. Uh, you know, ideally, uh, you know, we might get two races in, you know, before the Derby, but... Uh, I I don't know. Right now, I would think there's a reasonable chance that the Wood Memorial will be rescheduled and would run sometime, maybe in June, at uh, at Belmont. And hopefully, Naira will uh, move the Travers to you know the last weekend in July or the first weekend in in August. And Barkley and I have you know pretty much agreed that. You know, that would be fine. You know, we're not worried about going a mile and a quarter, mile and a quarter. Tiz just seems to act like a horse that, uh, you know, 
putting another eighth of a mile in isn't going to phase him one iota. So that's kind of where we are. Nobody knows for sure. You know, we know the Preakness isn't going to run when it normally does. Everybody's kind of waiting to see, you know, what uh, Naira and the Stronach group, you know, are they going to, you know, talk to each other and, and try and figure out a path. We're just, we just don't know. So we'll, uh, we'll hope that, uh, you know, things will shake out. And then, you know, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, we're going to have a race someplace that uh, you can go in. Well, I, I sure hope to. As, as a, an upstate New York boy myself, I know what it means for you, how special uh, the chance to run the Traverse Stakes would be. No question about that. That was, you know, the biggest regret that that I had, other than not winning the Belmont, was the fact that, uh, you know, we ran in a Haskell. It was about a 98-degree day. The humidity was about 100%. And, you know, with his breathing issues, that kind of knocked him out. And uh, by the time we got to the Travers, both he and Empire Maker had to scratch. And that was going to be one of the greatest renewals, I think, of the Travers, because that would have been the, you know, the the grudge match between the two. We'd beaten him in the Derby. He beat us in the Belmont, and would have been a lot of fun uh, at Saratoga. Oh, absolutely would. And you know, let's face it; it's strange enough that the Midsummer Derby may be run before the Kentucky Derby. But <laughs> oh, there's no doubt that it will. I mean, uh, assuming assuming that you know we get back to any normalcy in our world. Uh, that's what's going to happen because, uh, you know, the Travers, I would think, would have to be moved. There's no way I can imagine that, uh, you know, Naira would want to try and compete with with the Kentucky Derby. So it could be, uh, you know, a great lead-in, the Midsummer Derby and then the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you know, Jack, uh, I I really hope that cooler heads prevail here. I know – egos get in the way uh, with some track executives but you know l- let's face it the travers could be the strongest field in years because a lot of these three-year-olds are just kind of rounding into form and the fact that if if they did use it as a legitimate you know uh, derby prep i think it would only enhance the travers because and, and you know there's going to be those late bloomers that are going to need the points i definitely see them putting derby points on the travers i'm not a mind reader or i don't have a crystal ball but i mean it would only make sense for that to happen, um, which doesn't make it any easier for Tis the Law. But, uh, you know, Tis the Law's already won at Saratoga where he broke his maiden. And uh, he just – tell me about the horse. I mean, physically, he, he looks like some, somebody that, that sits up to any challenge you throw at him. But he's a beautiful individual. What's his personality like? Oh, he is just so laid back. I mean, and – and Robin Smullen, who's Barkley's assistant trainer, she, you know, continually says, you know, there's just nothing that faces him. And if you go on Facebook, you'll see many pictures of him just sacked out in a stall. I mean, he loves to just lay down and rest, and uh, he's so easy on himself, takes care of himself. He's uh, just a joy for everybody around the stable to be around. And, uh, you know, the the whole question about uh, – you know the timing of the of the Derby. Obviously, as you said earlier in the show, he's primed for the first Saturday in May. 
we're going to see there are going to be other horses, and I think, you know, particularly uh, Maxfield, a couple of Bob Baffert's horses, there may be some we haven't even heard of yet. They're going to be primed for the Derby when it comes in September. So I think, you know, our job is going to be an awful lot tougher with Tiz to prevail than maybe it would have been, you know, the first Saturday in May. Because he's just very good now. I think he's ahead of a lot of horses because he, you know, had the maturity. I mean, he broke his maiden to Saratoga in August. He won a grade one at Belmont in October. And then he came back and won the, the Holy Bowl here in, uh, you know, in February. So he was he was early. He was ready. A lot of other horses aren't and wouldn't be for the, you know, first Saturday in May. But, you know, that, that's life. I mean, if that's the worst thing that uh, we have to deal with, I'll be very happy. Well, um, you, you know, I... I... I've only got about two minutes left, but I, I, I just want to give a tip of the cap uh, to you, Jack Knowlton, and, and a Barkley tag for what you said after the Kentucky Jockey Club, because everybody was thinking, well, this horse is going to prove himself and become the two-year-old champion by going out to the Breeders' Cup. And at that point in time, you guys had this feeling early on going, you know what? He's our derby horse, and we're not going to squeeze the lemon dry. I really admire you guys for that move, as as good as he was going. Well, we did the same thing with Funny Side. And, uh, you know, you just don't want to try and push too much. Quite honestly, as Barkley says, you can run in the Breeders' Cup anytime. You can only run in the Kentucky Derby once. So, you know, we've got potentially, you know, two chances uh, this year, next year. To, to run in the Breeders' Cup. So, you know, we only got one chance for the Derby, and that's coming up now the first Saturday in September. Well, obviously it was a decision that, that paid off for uh, Jack Knowlton, for Sacatoba Stable and Barkley Tag. Jack, thanks so much for joining us tonight because uh, th- th- this oh, – this could be the next wow horse, uh, the way he's looking right now. And uh, it's also an amazing story that uh, you could do it not once, but twice with a New York bread. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed being on the show. And uh, hopefully somewhere down the road, we'll get a chance to do it again. All right. We've been talking with Jack Knowlton. He heads up Sacatoba Stable. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy that's had a lot of success himself over the years and most recently by winning the Gulfstream Park Oaks, none other than Kenny McPeak. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. 
thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds, incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a, a guy that some people have called a miracle worker because, well, you've got all these uh, sheiks and high rollers uh, buying and selling horses for a million dollars. Kenny McPeak has kind of hung his hat on having a fantastic eye for horse flesh that doesn't necessarily cost a million dollars. Uh, and he did it again with Swiss, Swiss skydiver, uh, who captured the Gulfstream Park Oaks, uh, 35,000. I know that's out of my pocketbook, but in the racing game today, <laughs> that's a modest price. Kenny McPeak, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Uh, well, let's. Uh, I, I want to get into the big picture of how you're running your operation, but before we do this, you know, I, I was handicap in the, the race uh, last week uh, and I'm looking at this horse and you you've really done a great job managing her uh, it, it appears according to her speed figures that she's gotten a little bit better every start and uh, she you really had her wound up uh, you know for the Oaks and of course uh, I do believe I read your connections were very happy to hear that uh, you got Paco Lopez to ride because the horse has had some uh, a couple gate difficulties in her career but it looks like you got her on her toes right now Ken you know, I'll do pretty well once they start stretching out the two turns. And um, this is a filly that, that has always shown a lot of talent, but she needed longer. And seems like every time I entered her, the, either the two-turn race didn't fill or they didn't card it. Um, she, she ended up breaking her maid and uh, going one turn at Churchill and then came back in with the second and an allowance at Churchill. But once we've gotten her to two turns, I think she's a significantly better filly and where she can get into cruising speed. I mean, I tend not to send horses really hard in their first couple of starts. I believe that you've got to teach them and that it's a learning process and they have to learn and settle behind horses and eat a little dirt and it's really hard on my win percentage, but it's better for the horse in the long run. And um, she's a perfect example of, of a filly that, 
she would break. She would settle. She she tended to find a little trouble a couple of times, but then now that we've got her two turns, um, she's a beast. And um, I think she's only going to get better. I think you'll see her, her be a really good four year old as well. I wonder who got her full brother. I see she's got uh, one for four thousand dollars as a Keeneland September yearling. That wasn't you, was it? No, I, you know her brother did or she did. Uh, the the horse that was born the year after her, Chestnut Colt by Daredevil. Uh, well, I don't worry about all that. You know, um, what's the old saying? Um, Mrs. Clay had ten children, but only one of them was Cassius. <laughs> so, so I don't worry about half brothers and half sisters. I worry when I go to the auction. I worry about what I'm looking at. And she was physically, she was a really, really good looking filly, and and obviously she runs to her looks. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I'll share a quick story with you. And somebody I know you know from the old River Downs days is uh, Jim Morgan, uh, the legendary trainer who sadly passed away this last year. He told me one time I was saying the same thing about a fuller half brother. He goes, let me tell you something, John. If you're on top of a burning billy and you look down there and see Jesse Owens and his half brother, who are you going to ask to go run and get the fire truck? <laughs> <laughs> It really, you know, it's funny, halves, I mean, it's nice and everything, but they have to look the part. And um, I really don't get enamored with, with the pedigree. I get more enamored with the body. And and I learned that lesson a long time ago. It's it's like the stock market. And for those out there that play the stock market, you want to buy when the stock's down, not when the stock's up. And if you buy a half-brother or half-sister to a proven graded stake horse, you're going to be buying when the market's up as opposed to buying the first good horse out of a young mare or a young stallion like a daredevil. And then you get value, and then you can actually make money at this. And it's brutally difficult to make money at, but um, we try. Now, I I know that you've had some successful forays to the Southern Hemisphere. Are you still doing some shopping down there? Um. You know what? Um, no, I'm not. You know what? Um, I've had some success doing that. I believe a good horse comes from anywhere. But the exportation costs have gotten higher and higher to the point where, you know, you're adding twenty, thirty thousand dollars on the on the shipping of a horse from Southern Hemisphere. Plus, you, you lose time coming from Southern Hemisphere to Northern. I, lo- I love buying horses anywhere and everywhere, but uh, that particular routine slowed down, and um, I'd love to go back again one day. Right now, the dollar's 5.2. I mean, 5.2 Brazilian reais to the dollar. They're, they're basically 20, 20 cents on the dollar. But um, the quality of the horses doesn't seem to be there because they can't import enough stallion power, and the broodmares just don't have enough you know, pedigree to be able to justify it. Plus, you got that little girl who's, uh, you know, you're having a tea party with right now. You got to stick around her, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a four year old daughter. Um, I've got a 19 year old who goes to Otterbein, Otterbein outside of Columbus, Ohio. Really proud of her. And um, my four year old's about a spitting image of the, of the 19 year old. I guess I'm a Philly sire. I don't know if that's the case or not. <laughs> but um, they're both good girls. Um, of course, you know. Like children, they're all different, but this one's pretty high strung. It's kind of hard to keep in line, but 
she's a good girl. She's she's high energy. Well, Kenny, you, you, you're the, you're the first trainer I've had a chance to talk to uh, since the COVID nineteen uh, virus uh, broke out, and a lot of people probably don't know that you also operate a uh, a farm, uh, Magdalena, if I'm saying that correct, uh, just outside of of Lexington. So you've got your on track crew and you've got your farm crew i mean have you had a set down parameters what are you doing to make sure that everybody's safe and you know uh things are going smooth for the stable you you're not familiar with the farm we bought in florida i guess i'm not so you got another one going i bought the summerfield i bought the old padua training center in in summerfield florida which is about 25 minutes south of Ocala, um, it, it's got 121 stalls. We've got 96 horses there now, and um, I do run it. Well, look, the core of my, I guess you could say, success uh, is buying horses. Um, it's like it's like a recruiter. If if I don't know what kind of horse I need to be successful at a high level then that's the first failure. I, I know what to do there. Absolutely. That's easy for me. I bought enough horses. I bought enough bad ones, enough good ones to know the difference. So when we go to auctions, we have to sort through that. And, and it is a game of failure. 80% of the time you're wrong, but 20% of the time is when they remember you. But um, I, I've got this really great base of clients. And how do we run it all? Um, for me, it's pretty simple. Um it, I went through a struggle stage in my career. I had a period where I went from 25 horses, and I think you remember Tejano Run pretty well. But I went from – that horse took me from 25 horses to 75 within about three months. And people were inundating me with with, um, young horses, and I had to learn how to operate, and I had to learn how to become more of a CEO. I couldn't be a control freak. I had to learn how to delegate. I had to learn how to – organize, structure, team meetings. So so today we have, um, with every division, we'll typically have one day a week where we'll have a team meeting and say, okay, um, let's ta- we have a task list that we walk through. Who's taking care of Coggins? Who's taking care? Do we have all the, I mean, what, what about the tires on, on the uh, four-horse trailer or the eight-horse? Has somebody changed the oil? Who's taking care of um, stall one and barn four has got a light out and a fan's broken. Can we get that done? Can we get that done? So we, we drill down on all these tasks on the properties and, um, you know, even Keeneland, you know, if we've got a stall gate or if there's a piece of equipment that's missing or if they need tax shipped, so all that stuff happens um, on a team meeting. And I, I have got some of the greatest guys working for me. Uh, Mike Clyer, who some people up in Ohio may know well, one of the most talented horsemen, great guy, steady as a rock, don't have to worry about anything. Mike and I talk in the morning. We talk later in the afternoon. If he's got a problem, I'll run over and help him solve it. If if he can solve it on his own, no problem. I don't have to tell him how to train a horse. We've He, he knows exactly the routine. We have a, a structure, but, but I wouldn't call it set in stone. We try to adapt to the horses and what the horses need, whether it's a different type of feed or a certain, let's say they need gastro guard for stomach ulcers or 
Um, they need a particular routine. That's no problem. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to really good horses. And if you have a group of average horses, then you have to recognize it. And if you have a really good horse, you have to recognize that too. So, um, yeah, I wake up every. I actually love it more and more and more the older I get because I, I've got another guy, Greg Geyers, in South Florida. He's running the barn at Gulfstream. We won two today. We won the Oaks Saturday. Um, I think we won six the week before. Um, that really is fulfilling. And then, of course, then you go through the streaks where you lost 12 in a row. Oh. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, but we don't we don't uh, panic. We just keep it steady. And Alan Shell runs the farm in Lexington, Magdalena, which you mentioned. And um, Dominic Brennan, um, he oversees the Summerfield Training Center. Dominic has handled horses like, I mean, Take Charge Lady, you know, yep. Jerry Box in Cincinnati. I'm working for Jerry again, which I'm happy about. We had a really great run together. Um, you know, we, we parted ways for whatever reason, but I bought a few horses for Jerry. Dominic handled Curlin, Skip Away, Einstein. Um, gosh, I could go on and I could give you 200 steak horses. So, well, um, I'm, I'm looking at their names right now, you know, outside of Take Charge Lady. How about, I, I loved Repent, you know. Uh, you I know, can remember Repent being at the farm, and we couldn't get him in a starting gate. And this is when Dominic had him. Couldn't get him in starting gate. He'd rear up, he dropped the rider. Um, finally, we got him schooled. And, of course, that horse goes on at one point, 30 days before the derby. He was the favorite. And um, that was, and he's the broodmare sire of Midnight Bijou which I'm really yeah. proud of. And of course, Curlin is a stallion. Fantastic. And wow. Yeah. You know, it's good stuff. I mean, I don't, we're lucky to handle good horses, but it isn't always what you pay. It didn't. No, it's not. But I mean, Swiss, Swiss skydiver now has uh, obviously lived up to what you had hoped, uh, you know, uh, making her at least a, a two-time graded stakes winner or stakes placed and a stakes winner. Now, what happens for you as a trainer at your level, this reshuffling of the deck? I mean, do you wake up every day and figure out what condition book should I look at for her next start? Because you don't know if the track will be open? Well... Okay, so so as many horses as I manage, every day, or actually, I probably spend Mondays and Tuesdays what I would call plotting and planning, um, because Mondays and Tuesdays are typically a little bit easier. That you know, we usually racing on Saturday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. You know, Monday we can sit down Monday afternoon and try to figure out okay, where's condition book, where are we going, so. I just have less condition books to choose from right now. And I also have um, no pressure because everybody, I have some wonderful people that I work for. Everybody's out there taking a deep breath and saying, okay, um, family's more important right now. Friends are more important. Um, Nobody's put any pressure on me whatsoever. They have all called and said, I'm talking about my clients that said, Hey, what's the plan? And in some cases I'll say, okay, look, I don't even like the way this horse is training. Let's just turn him out or her out for 60 days and let all these little issues. So we don't have to press. We don't have any place to race anyway. 
And then you've got horses like Swiss Skydiver. We're like, okay, what's the next step? They move the they've moved the fantasy from the 11th of April to the first week in May, and that's three or four hundred thousand dollars. That'll get your attention. Yeah, I was gonna say that's um, probably good for you, isn't it? Yeah, uh, this filly to, that won today on Boutant ran faster than Swiss Skydiver today. I think she won by seven or eight at Gulfstream, and we're probably going to take her to the fantasy as well. She's owned in partnership with Three Chimneys Farm and Scott Leeds. So um, these are high-level problems. Um, I'm not in a position where I have to deal with an eight-claimer or a 10-claimer or even a 25-claimer, and there are a lot of guys out there that do, and they should learn their lessons with those kind of horses and and certainly know what to do with those kind of horses. But when you're dealing with – with the the type of young horses that I've managed to work up to. And of course you remember when, when I had a head full of hair and a 32 waist and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and was, you know, hiking around river downs and Latonia and Turfway. But, um, there are guys out there that are working hard to try to get to that level and they just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. They do. And and you're a great example of, of, of a guy that, that, that's done it. Ken McPeak. Well, uh, you know, I've only got about a, a, a minute left. I mean, uh, crystal ball, big picture. Where do you see racing in two months? Um, I, I'm not worried about two months. I, I would love to think that, that a lot of this will get behind us. I, I think it's going to take them three or four months to, to get through the initial shock of it all. I think we'll get back into a routine after that. I have a client who's an infectious disease doctor and he says it'll be six to eight months and they'll have a vaccine on the market for all americans i think that would be great um it is um you know in in our generation some people had world war one and two and vietnam and we've got you know covid19 so um it's um i think it's a good thing i think we're going to make a positive out of this negative and I think there are a lot of people that they're going to look back and say, okay, we didn't have our priorities right. Um, I think we've got to – the government needs to do a better job too. I'm not real pleased with the way all this is unfolding, the job they've done, but that's a personal opinion. But um, we, we've got to get our priorities right as Americans, and I hope more people are at home with their families. I hope that they're bonding with their families more instead of out there and – you know, things like social media and all that stuff. It's fun and everything. I followed you on Twitter, by the way, John. Very good. I, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> I followed, go on it enough. I followed you on Winning Ponies tonight, too. So I'm at Kenny McPeak if anybody likes to see some silly stuff every now and then. We post about some of our horses and we post about some of our personal life. So it is what it is. Uh, and uh, from what I've seen, you've got a good one. Well, finish the tea party with your daughter there, Kenny. And uh, as you know, as the tracks in this neck of the woods open up, I'll be uh, uh, crossing your path. If I don't shake your hand and I give you, a, you know, a, an air bump, you'll understand. Uh, everybody take care of what's important, their family and their friends. And certainly, um, you know, whether it's washing your hands or taking care of, social distancing that's what matters right now we need to get behind this and once we do um, i think everything's going to rock and roll 
Thanks a million, Kenny. I got to go. Kenny McPeak, I want to thank uh, Jack Knowlton, and I want to wish all of you guys health and safety over the weeks and months ahead. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. again for